Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Good morning, church. You all look so beautiful. <laughs> Our Father has amazing children. Don't you agree with me? Hallelujah. Welcome to Unusual Church Unusual. Today is an unusual day. And um, in the light of that, we're going to be looking into the prison ministries. I'm sure... A whole lot of you must have heard about prison ministries. Some may not know what it is, but today you will find out what prison ministry is all about. Um, but before we go into that, um, can the media please show, um, open up the book of Matthew? Matthew chapter 35, 25, verse 35. Matthew 25, 35. I can read it. It says, for I was hungry. This is Jesus talking. It says, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. 36. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you visited me. So don't just sit there and say, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to serve. There are so many ways to serve. Or you might be here and you think, oh, I don't have the time. Well, prison ministry, you don't need too much time for meetings or rehearsals like SOH do. You can just show up just one Sunday and just go visit the prisons, see how they're doing their fairing, and God will mark that as a record. So um, this morning, without wasting our time, um, I have a lovely panel here. So I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. I will start from my left. Um, yes, yes, he wants that. Hi, my name is Lane Mitchell. And it's a blessing to be here. I am Lunetta Mitchell. I am his beautiful wife. And Amen. it's a blessing to be here. My name is Debbie Obona. My name is Scott Aaron. And it's still a mystery to me how Lane was able to get Lunetta. <laughs> My name is Raheem Johnston. All right. Welcome, everyone. So, um, today we have this young man here. 
that um, were once incarcerated, but now they're ministers of God. And so I'm going to ask them. Yes, please give it up to the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask them to tell us briefly about their life history. Just briefly. Briefly. Introduce yourself. Okay. Again, my name is Lane Mitchell, and uh, it started a long time ago for me because I'm 60, 67 this year, this month. But nonetheless, giving God the praise, uh, my family disowned me when I was 16 years old. And as a result, I ended up in Colorado at a federal, federal youth act facility because I was too young for the judge to release me on my own. And to fast forward it, while being there, I met a man by, uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, who preached Christ to me. And I got saved. I gave Jesus my, my life. Okay, we're going to hear from Scott. Uh, uh, Mine uh, a little bit different. I, I was raised in the Church of Christ, though I never had a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord until I went to prison. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a long process, but I'll tell you, it's anybody that thinks they can live without Jesus don't know nothing about living. Amen, amen. Uh, this is the testimony part? Like two minutes? Okay. Got two minutes. Okay, yes, ma'am. My name is uh, Raheem. Uh, born in Boston, Massachusetts. From the, uh, the projects, the ghetto. Poor, 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 poor. But, you know, not my fault. But um, my story is like uh, everybody else, but a little different. I didn't have no father figure, and um, I was left alone to myself, turned to the streets, and, uh, you know, got incarcerated, did a lot of things. But um, this is not the testimony part, so I'm going to fast forward. But I met the Lord um, when I was out of jail, actually on the run. But, um, but God is good, and... Um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. God is good. So I'm going to let uh, Miss Lynetta start the questions. What I also want to uh, share with you is while they're giving their testimonies about how they ended up in prison and how God brought them out of prison and you are being encouraged to get involved in the prison ministry, there are people around you every day that are in prison. They're locked up. They might not be behind those bars, but they're still in prison. So this still applies to you as well. Amen. So the first question is, what are the wrong beliefs people have about someone serving in prison or that has served time? Well, you know, it's always a mindset because the world is full of fear. And because of the news sector, they're always pushing it out there because, you know, they... They love to make money as a result. And they always call themselves, you know, uh, we have the number one broadcasting network and it's always based on fear and belief systems and ideologies. What is the result of that? Uh, you know, what they believe and what, what they believe is that, you know, men that, or women that, that are incarcerated, 
they need to be incarcerated because they commit crime. And so that's the world's mindset. Um, Mr. Mitchell, could you tell us how many years you spent in prison? Oh my God. Well, I'm gonna say over 100 years. <laughs> oh, let me say it like this, I got, I got over 100 years worth of time, okay. but God was merciful. Thank you. And you, Scott? Uh, well, the, I think the wrong beliefs is we're no different, you and I. Any one of you could be serving time for some little stupid something you did. You, something little stupid something you did when you were younger or, or and uh, the, and I think the, uh, that that's the biggest wrong belief because it's, it, you know, Lane and I, we met in prison. Uh, he worked in the officer's dining room and I worked in the captain's office and I walked in one night and he was reading the Bible and he ended up inviting me to a Bible study in the gym and it just progressed from there and, and, and I mean, we became best friends and he caught a lot of flack from the black people I caught a lot of flack from the white people I didn't care I wasn't raised racist uh, you know my family was Christians and they uh, anybody that's racist they don't believe the Bible I can promise you that read Acts 17 uh, that it's where Paul is talking to the people on Mars oh where Paul is talking to people on Mars Hill. And these are the smartest people in the world. And they're hungry for wisdom. No different than people in prison. They're hungry for truth. They're sick and tired of the same thing happening in their life over and over. They want truth. And they can see through the BS real quick. And they will front you out on it. That's, you know, it's a little bit harder in there. But uh, So could you tell us how many years you... I did uh, 20 years day for day. Thank you. Amen. And Brother Rahim? Yes, ma'am. Oh, so my, my answer is a little bit different. Um, where I grew up, uh, prison was a reward. It was uh, something that you look forward to do. It was something as far as earning your stripes, you know, being a man. So where I grew up, that was uh, a goal to, to go to jail, to, to do time, you know, so the, the, the um, you know, the, the way that people, you know, looked at uh, on, on the street side, you know, you was a, a, a OG or a G, but on in society, you know, they looked at you uh, crazy because when I got out, I couldn't, it was hard for me to work, get a job and everything like that. So, and also with the influence of the wrong kind of music and role models that I, I believed I was trapped in this cycle of uh, prison and nothing else. You know, and, and so on my side, it was um, something that someone in that life looked forward to doing to prove that they were somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Yeah. How many years did you spend? Um, I spent over nine years, uh, but uh, that's through the grace of God. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm got two strikes, so I'm... I'm <laughs> the, I, I don't like baseball, but um, 
I, I, I straightened up. I got, I'm here by the grace of God. But uh, yeah, so two, two I mean, um, nine or plus years, but yeah, uh, yes, ma'am. All right, thank you. Thank you all so much. Um, I'm going to take the next question. And the next question is, are there any differences between those who have served and those who have not served? I'll start with you, Rahim. I'm going to piggyback on, on Pastor Nevis saying there's no difference. Um, the only difference is of how you carry yourself. That's the uh, difference because when I was locked up, even though I had a lot of time, uh, I found myself there but not there, if, if, I, if I may say, because even though I was locked up, I, was, I had a problem with authority anyway. So even though I was locked up, I was hard-headed, and, and it was like you couldn't tell me anything. So compare that to someone who's free, someone who doesn't like to listen to authority on, the, on this side. You know, it's, 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 it all depends on how you're built. I'll, I'll say, you know, because some people are built different, and 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 um, yeah, I'm gonna put it that way. So so there's no difference. This is it's how you built, brother Scott. Uh, well, the I don't think there's. I think there's the only difference is either you're a born again believer or you're not, and I think that's we need to keep it simple, just like Jesus kept it simple. And uh, uh, and you know when somebody is born again, as he, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. And uh, and it's not necessarily them doing something; it's what flows through them. Our love is trash. It's the love of God that that brings people to repentance, not a a, a good sermon or a, or well. Uh, worded debate it's the love of God and we have to allow that that agape love to fill us because it's uncontainable it, you can't keep it in once you got it. it'll flow out and touch people and you don't even realize you're touching them and uh, and and people will come up to you and ask you something and you say well, where'd that come from you know it come from the Holy Spirit because this word it's alive it's living. Thank you, Brother Mitchell. The question again says, are there any differences between those who have served and those who have not served? Well, the difference is one is locked up and one is not. <laughs> and right. so, but there's people on the outside that's locked up and they don't know it. Well, but I'm talking about physically <laughs> speaking. Yeah, I know, I know. And that, too, as well, because prison comes in all kinds of shapes, forms, and fashions. Uh, one knows Jesus and one don't. You're in darkness or you're in the light. And so I really believe that God will meet you where you, where you are, whether you're in the world or in prison. Amen. So I thank God that he met me and made all the difference. Amen. Amen. So in other words... Um, we can be free walking around, but we are locked up here. Yes. So, and Jesus loves you that is walking around and those that are behind the walls. Jesus loves us equally the same way. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Lynette? Okay, so our next question is, 
What advice do you have for youth? Oh, man, that's a big one. Uh, what I would encourage the youth to do is to obey your parents. Yeah. In Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, you know, the fathers in that too, you know, encourages us. Actually, it's a command for the father to love his children, not to push them, not to harass them when they seem going, going the wrong way, but ask the Holy Spirit to help you uh, and direct you and give you wisdom in what to say or do. You'll find out that a child will begin to respond in the most powerful way. Because, see, when we speak into our children's lives, grace comes to help them to make the necessary adjustments and changes and see things the way God sees things. So it's all about loving, loving your family. And, of course, children, obey your parents. As a result of that, you'll live long and you'll be prosperous. God has promised. The promise in that is that God will bless you and he will prosper you and he will hold you and keep you. I mean, honor is, is a big one, especially in the family and in God's family. It starts with him first. And I want to uh, share because we are, uh, the new word is blended family. And so, but uh, when we met, I had four children. My oldest daughter is here uh, today, Savannah. Together we have six children. And so when uh, Pastor Lane came into our lives, uh, she was 12. And so I can tell them your age. <laughs> she's, she's 44. And so he was her father for all of those years along with the three sons that we have. And so as the mother during his incarceration, I was focusing on the sons being disobedient, but they were still going to church. And he told me, don't pressure them, at least they're in church. Trust God that God will work out all the disobedient part. And that's what I did. And so it, it was hard but he took the pressure off of me to try to make perfect children. We don't have perfect children, but if they're here, they're in ministry, they're coming to church, then you rejoice in that part and don't focus on all the wrong that they are doing. And so now our two youngest sons are both ministers now. Amazing story. Yes, Brother Scott. I would tell the youth that because I would hate to be a, I'd hate to be a child of today. I'd hate to be a young person. And I was praying for my grandchildren the other day and uh, telling God, well, I'd hate to be a child today. And it's like God put it on my heart that, hey, I got this. I raised them up for this. So, uh, but the world is trying to tell, you, tell them truth is subjective it's not it is not uh psalms 89 you correct me if i'm wrong uh, uh god will not change or alter the thing that has gone out of his mouth so when god speaks that's a law that's a rule and that's what you can stand on and you can claim that Everything, all your problems before you ever had them, Jesus provided for them on the cross. They were provided. 
Now, when you pray, you know, we want to spend the time, 80% uh, of the time, telling poor old misinformed God that, you know, what the doctor said and what this, you know, this and that. No, he knows what you need, Amen. you know. Uh, and it, the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray, you start out by praising God. You enter into the gates with praise. And then you, you, you know, tell him what, uh, what you need. And you believe in your heart and to receive. But God releases that power, and he releases it in the spiritual realm. But it's our faith. That's what bridges that, that, that provision that he has provided for you long before you ever had the problem. The solution is there. And Jesus said, speak to your problem. Speak to your mountain. Command it to line up with the word of God. People say, well, I don't know what God's will is. You don't know what God's will is? <laughs> he tells us in the prayer that he trained his disciples. You know, his will is for things in heaven to be the same way on the earth. And God moves through people. He moves through you and I, born-again believers. And we can manifest his presence in the lives of our children and of our families. And, you know, people blame Biden for this and that. It ain't Biden's fault. It's us, the voters' fault. You don't change it from the top down. You change it from the inside out. We start out, we take back our school boards. We take back our city councils. We take back our, our schools. And we take back our county government, our state government, and then our federal government. And everything will flow It is from the inside out. And that's what our children need to know. Amen. Amen. I agree. Um, I'll shut up now. Uh, <laughs> the advice I have for the youth is, um, you know, going with the, uh, amen. The, uh, what, uh, you know, Pastor Lane was saying, but add on to that, you know, uh, you know, we are your mother and father, so, you, you know, your days will be lengthened. You know, long life. But um, what I, the advice I give is to the youth is um, break it down on their level. We were talking about the youth. Uh, whatever you spend your time with is what your God is. You know, um, talk to the youth. I'm a you know, youth minister. But um, give them an example of this. You know, the youth, they like to, you know, do things. And sometimes the things that they do are not of God. They like to play video games. They like to do this, 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 this. So I was telling the kids, I said, uh, said how, how many of y'all prayed uh, for five minutes this week? They looking, or how many of y'all read your Bible for about an hour this week? You know, they're looking like, mm, you know. And I said, well, how much time did you put into things other than the Lord? And then, it, you know, they didn't want to answer, you know, conviction. <laughs> you know, I said, see, that's, that's what your God is, you know. So my advice to the youth would be uh, understand that, um, the authority over you and your parents, but also uh, understand that when you are uh, dealing with people, don't put too much on them because they're people, if that makes sense. You know, because like your parents, you probably seen them make mistakes, <laughs> you know, and, and don't, don't let that uh, discourage you. Uh, build your relationship with the Lord on, on your level, talk to him, 
as 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 someone who's alive and, and existing and well, and uh, spend more time uh, with the Lord. And I know as a youth, you know, you might be like, well, you know, that could be hard, but um, it can be done. Uh, and also ask questions, you know, to your parents, ask questions to the, you know, your, your, your youth leaders and things of that nature. Don't, um, don't assume that you know. Uh, and a lot of times uh, the youth gets advice from their peers and sometimes your peers, I'm gonna say all the time, but you know, sometimes your peers don't know you know, the answers, and it's, it's good to get advice from someone who's been there. I like to tell the youth, you know, uh, I was, you know, whatever age they are, I was that age at, you know, one point in time, and, uh, you know, you can lean on me. So what I would say is, is, is um, build a relationship with the Lord. You know, build, build, build that up, and um, don't be afraid to, to ask questions. Thank you so much. So I'm going to ask this question. I think we're running out of time. Um, I'm going to ask, how did you all get saved? Mm. Like, how did you get saved and when, where, who? Mm. Yeah, we'll start from you. Okay, amen. Um, run out of time. So how I got saved was uh, I was on the run. I was running from the law, because I didn't want to go to jail. And um, what happened was, when I ran, uh, you know, we can't, we can't run from God, you know, so that's one thing. And um, I ran because I didn't want to do the time. So I ended up uh, being on the run in Atlanta, Georgia, didn't know nobody or anything like that, and then um, ended up being homeless. And when I was homeless, there was a shelter that I, was going to, and um, you know, in shelters, you have to line up and get in line at a certain time. It's like, you really can't work. It's like set up for you to just be homeless, <laughs> you know? But anyway, so I get in the line and I get in. But one day, it was a, I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday. It was a Sunday. And um, they were like, uh, a young man ministered to me. He was like, you know, if you go to church with us, you don't have to uh, wait in line. You get a free bed. I was like, oh man, I was tired. I was like, man, I said, that's the, that's the move right there. I don't gotta wait in line. <laughs> and then, um, and, and then uh, because see, the misconception that I had was, even though uh, I was, we were, you know, from the project, whatever, like my grandma used to take me and my brother to church every Sunday. So my conception was I was saved, but I didn't know what, what it meant, you know? So I thought I knew the Lord. I thought I was saved because I went to church every Sunday. So for everybody, if you go to church, don't mean you saved. So, um, so I ended up going to the service, and then the preacher preached, and then he was talking, and I was like, man, I was like, I heard all this before, but I was never in this kind of position, a broken position, because here I'm on the run, I have nothing, I got this time over my head, I'm, I'm trapped, I'm lost, but the preacher talking about uh, coming to Jesus, is, is, yoke is easy, burden is light. And I'm feeling weighed down, burdened in fear, like I do not want to go to jail, I'm on the run. So I got baptized, and when I got baptized, I, uh, you know, that's when I got saved in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and and um, I still, what I, God showed me favor, because after I got baptized, I had to, I turned myself in. I was like, I can't live like this. I can't be, you know, 50 years old and, you know, get locked up. And, you know, so I turned myself in, I surrendered. And when I surrendered and turned myself in, it went from the, the nine years to, uh, to, they gave me three years. And, and God showed favor, and then 
when I did the three years, I did it, but I didn't, and when I got out, I had no probation, no nothing, no nothing over my head, so I was like totally free. And um, that's, that's summing up my story. Okay, Brother Scott. Uh, well, I was, I, I was baptized when I was uh, 10 years old and uh, raised in the church, but like I said, I never had a personal relationship with God until I went to prison. And uh, uh, it's, I, I was only supposed to do 27 months on a 20 year sentence, uh, but I, uh, when, before we went to court, to save my family from embarrassment, I tried to commit suicide. And uh, I ran my uh, car into the, you know, the round concrete pillars that hold up overpasses. Well, this one didn't have any of those crash barrels, and I found it, and I was, I had it all planned out. Oh, it was perfect. It was perfect. It, I executed it perfectly, but I didn't die. Uh, I mean, y'all, that's kind of obvious. <laughs> but the, uh, I was only supposed to do 27 months. But when you go to prison and you go before the parole board, you, they want you to show remorse. Well, I, when I got to court and they, uh, uh, they were trying to get me to plead, plead it out and they didn't want it to go to court. So the first day of court, they they added uh, five more charges to my bill, and they tried to force it in. Well, uh, I just I ended up pleading no contest because I wasn't going to admit to something I didn't do. And uh, and then when you go to prison, they want you to show remorse. Well, I'm not going to admit to something I didn't do. Yeah, I'd been in a lot of trouble. In college, uh, you know, in high school, I, I took the blame because I was from a rich family. And uh, I took the blame for a lot of things that, that wasn't, wasn't just me. But uh, I, I, don't, I would not have that relationship that I have right now if I'd only done 27 months. And, uh, and so I got a two-year set off the first time, then a three year, and then a two year, and then nine ones. And, uh, but, uh, but I'll tell you, I, I, I would not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it, I wouldn't turn it back and change anything because of the relationship that I have right now. Thank you so much. Pastor. I got, like I said earlier, I got to say when I was 17 years old, but didn't know what that was all about. All I knew that I was changed on the inside, but my mind wasn't telling me anything different. So I, I, I continued to live the way I used to live because my mind was not renewed. So it's important to get in the word of God after you're saved so that your mind can get renewed. That's a transformation that takes place in the soul of man. Even though he's born again, he's a new creation. You know, the Holy Spirit will navigate us a whole lot easier if we understand what God is saying to us. And God is talking to us all the time. And so at 17, I gave my life to the Lord. And, of course, it's uh, speeded. That's uh, up to this point, uh, back in 2000, uh, you know, I'd act crazy between that time, you know, lived like a heathen, a hellion as a Christian. And God always spoke to me and encouraged me along the way. You know, always had an encouraging word for me. So that, that was kind of like 
a mainstay for me. Not that I was looking for it, but he loved me enough. He loved me to say something to me through somebody else in and out of prison. And so in 2004, you know, just before 2004, I was acting crazy. I was married to my beautiful wife here and uh, acting disresponsible, get, doing things that was totally thrown off, breaking the law, getting myself in more trouble than I can find myself in. And so the Lord appeared to me in a dream. And he said, I'm putting you in the fire. You know, we, we have fiery trials every day and temptations. We go through it all the time. That's a mainstay because God wants to mature us. But God said, I'm putting you in the fire. I'm putting you in time out. So I find myself almost a year later in prison with a 25-year sentence, which is a small life sentence, they call it. So I found myself on the walls unit, and make a long story short, God wanted to mature me, but he had to use somebody to mentor me, to disciple me. He told another man on another unit, he said, look, I got somebody that, uh, I got a small assignment for you. That's how he said it to him, before he left the other unit to come to where I was. And so he ended up on my unit, and to make a long story short, I met him, and for, the, for six years, he not only mentored me, but he discipled me with a prophetic edge. Read my mail, made me mad, got up, table several times, walked away from him, some, uh, come out of the house the next day, saw him on the basketball court, and he turned to me like Jesus turned to Simon and Peter and said, did you repent yet? And that's where this life-changing experience with the grace of God and the love of God and his goodness began to take place in my life. God set me free in prison. To make a long story short, he set me free in prison. And I don't care what kind of prison you might be in right now. But if you trust in Jesus who is full of grace and truth, the scripture says that Jesus came, Moses came, uh, to, he's the lawgiver. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. One of my reference scriptures in Romans 1, uh, 16 and 17, it says, it says the gospel is the, is the power of God and the salvation. The word salvation totally restored, spiritually, physically, and financially. And, of course, Ephesians, uh, over in Ephesians 2, 8, it says that uh, it's by grace through faith that we are saved, not of works that any man should boast. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so God did it before I was even born again. I just came, I just came into the knowledge of the saving grace of God on a walls unit after all those years. Found out who Jesus was. He had already done it. All I had to do was believe. That's what the scripture says. Just believe. Only believe, son, and you'll experience my goodness. And you know, the goodness of God began to manifest in my life. Man, I can, I can sit here and tell you for an hour how good God's been in the last two years to me. Wonderful, fabulous, awesome. He's an awesome God. And he's worthy of all our praise and all our honor every day and all day. And it's not based on my performance. It's not based on how good I am. It's based on how good he is. How wonderful he is. And he's intimate. He's close up. He's not off in the distance. He wants a relationship, especially with the youth. Youth, let me say this to you. Grab hold of Jesus. I don't care how imperfect you might be. 
I don't care what your trouble might be. I don't care what you're going through might be. Talk to him about it. And guess what? He's got the answer. He's got the solution. And he got all that you need to live in this life. Matter of fact, when you was born again, he downloaded you with everything that you need to win in life and to walk out of here into eternity. We never have to lose. It may seem like our back's against the wall, but David said it like this. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivered them out of the midst of them all. David said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsake a noise seed begging for bread. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor Richard. <laughs> Um, if you want to join the conversation, please, um, you can join through Menti. That's the Menti code right there. Is it up there? If they can put it up there, please, so you can ask your questions. Um, I have a question, and this question I want to ask Pastor Lynetta. So this question is, how did you meet Pastor Mitchell? And... Um, You can't answer that. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. The, I'll tell you. No, I said no, no, no. You can't, you can't. Huh? No, you, no. Let her answer it. <laughs> it's her story. <laughs> so, what's the? Tell us the journey. Okay, and I'm gonna give you the short version of the journey. Um, we talk about purpose as God's children. And so we each have to know our purpose. That is very, very important. So I came from a relationship of physical and verbal abuse in a marriage for seven years. And so once I got out of that marriage with my life, and the life of my children, I wanted to focus on the will of God for my life, and that was the only thing I was concerned with. So I actually started in prison ministry in 1989. That is when I met my husband, and he was incarcerated at the time. When I started the prison ministry, I was so excited about what God was doing in the prison with the individuals, and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called to prison ministry. I fasted seven days prior to my first visit to the prison. No food, no water. It was Holy Ghost-led, and I knew it was because I'd never fasted like that before. And the day that we went to the prison for service, I knew I had been called to prison. This is 34 years later. And so when I, well, the, I went in one month, I was talking to the Lord about everything I had gone through, all of the mistakes and relationships and marriages and all of that, and I was talking to my God, and I was saying it would be so great to have, you know, a, a saved husband going in with me to do prison ministry, blah, 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 and the Holy Spirit spoke back to me and said, your husband might come out of prison. And I said, if he does, and that is your will for me, like Mary told him when he told us she was going to carry Jesus, 
I said, then so be it. I said, but Lord, you know, I'm not going into the prison looking for a husband. So if that's going to happen, and because of the abuse I just got out of, you're going to have to knock me over the head with a bat in order for me to be able to recognize it. And he did, through another prison ministry volunteer, confirm they both were acting weird to me. <laughs> but they had gotten a word of knowledge that I was his wife. And like I said, I, I thought they were like acting really weird. And, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, they're acting weird. And so we started corresponding. And the one thing that I recognized about him was his love for God and the type of man he was. And so that led into our marriage. It has not been rosy, rosy these 34 years. Like he just told you all, he's, he's barely been home two years. So he was gone for 18 these last 18 years, he just came home. And so I was angry with him because he stepped out of the will of God for our lives. And I actually divorced him. So if you are having any kind of marital issues, I definitely am the one for you to talk to. Because I want to tell you, God didn't tell me to divorce him. I did that out of my flesh because I was angry and I forgot everything that God had said about our lives. So you have to go back to what did God say? He knows that you're going to be in trouble in your marriages. He knows there's going to be issues. But you have to go back to what the word of God says concerning marriage and focus on that. Yes, those trials come, but God bring us and deliver us out of all of them. So what I discovered during that time was my security in the Lord and my relationship. And by doing that in his person here on earth, that's when um, I come to understand how beautiful it is to be saved. Because, and then and, and this might not be on the question, but this is what the Lord has to say. So a lot of times what happens is when we get saved, we have to, we forget that the old man has passed away. And what we do is this, we go back and we live as the old man instead of understanding that the old man was crucified at the cross. And, and, and the new man was raised when, you know, three days later when the resurrection came. So, so what I'm trying to say is this, when we really come to the understanding of who we are in God, like we were saying, you know, heaven on earth, we, we understand that, that when you're saved, you're translated, but you're actually living a heavenly life right now. And, 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 and when I came to realize that on this side is when um, doors really started opening and, and um, things started changing. So I'm gonna, um, probably not going to be able to say anything else for the rest of the time, but I just want to say this. You know, this right here is amazing to me because uh, if I could just say this little bit, then you would understand why it is. But when I was growing up, when I went to school, I was uh, considered uh, special needs. I was in classes with people that were, you know, considered retarded. And um, growing up, you know, I guess because of my background and where I was or whatever, um, I was told that I could not do what I wanted to do. The guidance counselor told me out of her mouth, like, I want to be an airplane pilot. She was like, no, you can't be no airplane pilot. You, you know, she didn't call me stupid, but she might as well have said that. But um, what I'm trying to say is this. This is something I, I had to say. But um, 
when I stepped out on faith, fast forward, we only got a little bit of time. When I stepped out on faith and um, started my own business, and been doing my own business over a year, okay? And, 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 and um, when I came to the realization, I understand that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and that everything that he tells me to do, I do in submission, not living my life, but living his life. Um, before I get a mic, I know we got so little time, so I fe- it's like a zigzag puzzle. Holy Ghost, speak to their hearts. But um, someone told me the other day, they called these people in to fix something in their house and no one could fix it. And then the lady said, but you fixed it. So what that tells me is this, the foolish thing of this world, God has revealed these, man, listen, I told her, I said, you know what? Because I didn't go to school for anything that I do. It's all, it's all the Lord. But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say, if I can encourage anybody, that when you submit yourself, when you submit your life to Jesus and you really submit yourself to Jesus, like really totally surrender, he opens up doors and he sends you places that you can't even imagine. I'm not supposed to be sitting here giving advice to people. I'm supposed to be listening to y'all so I could be better. But God has allowed me and put me in position to be humble, but also, but also to, uh, thank you, Lord. But also to 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 give to give what he has he has given me. I have so much to say because uh, and I'm really going to stop talking. But <laughs> the Lord has been dealing with me in such a way that 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 I get up every day three o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning down though. So I have so much to say. But I sit here and I don't say you know it because it's not the stage you know. But God God has 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 blessed us all you know to come here you know and 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 to feed. And to, and to encourage one another, you know, because because out here, as we heard before, in this world, I don't even watch the news, so you guys are my news, you know. But um, out here in this world, it's so, it's so messed up and so corrupt that my prayer is Jesus come quickly, you know, because, because, because of the things that are, that are going on. And the last thing I'm going to say is this. Uh, surrender to the Lord. Do not fall in love with this world. Everything that you have is because, you know, God has allowed you to have it. But examine your heart. Examine your heart. And understand that, that if your heart is not with God, okay, and he comes today, if your heart is not with him, we don't want to be the ones that he said, I never knew you. So we want to be wise. We want to have our oil, you know, daily. We don't want to be unprepared. So get with the Lord. Surrender to him. Empty yourself and allow him to come in and, 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 and be Christ-like. Of course, the Bible say, Paul said, he thought of not robbery. Jesus thought of not robbery to be equal with God. You know, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's not, it's not a bad thing to think or to be Christ-like. It's a bad thing to think you are Christ, you know, but it's not a bad thing to, you know, be Christ-like. So my encouragement to the youth, to everybody in the church, is 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 is, is whether whether bond servant or free, whether whether here or in jail, you know, to 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 be Christ-like. We do not know the day nor the hour when He will return. So we have to understand that anytime we come together, we need to be encouraged, we need to be sharpened, we need to be 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 purified, and 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 and, and forgiven of our, our sins, so we could uh, do His will.
we wanted this to be a, a question answer uh, panelist type discussion as well too. And so uh, we wanna honor uh, Pastor Bayo for allowing us to do this. And then if you have any questions, can you uh, ask them before we call altar call? Is there anybody that has any uh, questions of the pastors that are on this panel? If you do or you think of one uh, later, then we're gonna be here. You can come up and you can also ask your question confidentially of them as well. But at this time, is there anybody that has a question? If not, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do uh, the altar call. Uh, you can stand on your feet, if you will. If you are struggling, okay, we have a question. question is from Menti. It says, uh, can you tell us what decisions were made that led to your incarceration what it, and at what age it happened and how uh, you handled that? Just as an advice to those. Um, we may be seated, please. Well, one of the things I found out that at a young age, five years old, this was a demonic ploy. And a lot of people don't know, a lot of us don't know when we get in trouble, the enemy is always behind it. We just give, we just give in to it. But uh, my crime spree started when I was 17 years, well, actually younger than that. But uh, that's when I started yielding to the enemy, breaking in houses, stealing cars, uh, and then it escalated to, to greater crimes. And that's what caused me to, uh, well, arm robbery, you know, theft, uh, theft of automobiles. They call it car theft. And uh, uh, arm robbery. Uh, and, and the list goes on. He's a comedian, you know. <laughs> The, uh, I, I think it's being, well, I was real big in drugs and alcohol, and uh, which causes you to associate with people and being in circumstances and, and that you, you wouldn't normally be in. Uh, and with that influence, it, it's, it just, you're opening the door for, for Satan, any door you know, because he has zero authority. Satan, he's a wimp. He's a zero with the rim knocked off. He's nothing. The only power he has is what you give him. And, uh, or the only power he has that a, against a born-again believer is what you give him. Now, the world is different. What's your crime and at what age? That's the question. Uh, the, uh, it, it, it just morphed into... Uh, 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 you know, just kept getting bigger and bigger, and and you you feel 
10 foot tall and bulletproof and it's, it, you know, it's not you. And, uh, uh, but, uh, oh, it started, I guess, in junior high because every year I was in a different school until we moved to Wichita Falls. And uh, then I was in uh, junior high for uh, two years. Well, junior high, and then we moved to Burbank, and and it was uh, so a different school. So you naturally want to be uh, accepted by the, uh, the you know certain cliques, and uh, and uh, so it was just a uh, I don't know, just <laughs> amen, amen. So, so, so the my. Crime. Yeah, the crime and the age. Okay. Were when you went to prison. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, the crime was uh, armed home invasion, and the age was 18. Okay. Is there another question? Okay. Was that it? Okay. So we're going to uh, pray, but I want to ask if you are having uh, challenges with your children, would you raise your hand? No one's going to judge you, because this is a very important uh, point that we are at to pray for you and your family. And so uh, I'm in the unit every single day. And so please don't take this the wrong way. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll say it like that. We have men of every culture and every race. Every single culture and every race. So don't be ashamed if you are having a challenge with your child or they look like they're going that direction and you don't want anybody to know. I mean, would y'all feel more comfortable if I say close your eyes and bow your head, then nobody will see your hand. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor. Okay, so close your eyes, put your head down, and the panelists are the only ones that are looking. If you are having challenges with your children and you want prayer, please raise your hand. Let us see you. Raise your hand high. Thank you. We see that hand. If you are having a challenge in your marriage, you can put your hand down. If you're having a challenge in your marriage, let us see your hand. And you want prayer. You want someone standing with you. We see the hands. If you're having a challenge in any other area and something that has been said today where you need prayer, maybe your walk to be strengthened with the Lord, can we see your hand? Thank you so much. Okay, and so we're going to pray in agreement. We're going to remember everything that has been said this morning that our God is for us. He is not against us. Remembering that he saved us and every word that he has said is true. That's what we're standing on for our children. 1 Timothy 1 and 12 is a scripture that I wrote my children's names next to so that when they acted up, I would remind myself that I had committed them to the Lord. So you can use that scripture for your job, your marriage, 
your relationships, everything. Remember, you committed it to the Lord, giving it to him again this morning. And don't take it back when you walk out the door. Just every time you see something that looks negative, then you confess to yourself, Lord, I committed that thing to you, and I'm trusting you that it's going to work out fine. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory and honor and praise, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Almighty God, for the testimonies. For you told us, Heavenly Father, in Revelations 12 and 11, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we testify today, Heavenly Father, that you are still in control, that we will not be moved by what we see our children doing. We will not be moved by what we see our spouse doing in the name of the Lord. We will not be moved by anything that appears to be negative, knowing that the fiery trials come to make us strong and to give us a testimony, Heavenly Father, so that we can be a strength to somebody else who is going through a little bit worse than what we are. So we thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for these mighty men of God that you brought through their prison experience, Heavenly Father. It's definitely not something they decided to do when they were little boys to grow up and go to prison, but it happened. And according to your word in Romans 8 and 28, you turned it around for good because they love you and because they are called according to your purpose, Heavenly Father. And they decided to yield to the call. So we thank you for our brothers and our sisters that are in this building and online, Heavenly Father, who have decided that they're going to serve you, Lord God. And we thank you for working in their lives and bringing everything, Heavenly Father, to your will, making the crooked ways straight. Give us strength as we continue to live in this land we call earth, Heavenly Father, while we are looking for your return. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory and honor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week.